They can't fly these kids all over the country. Why not? I mean, I think they can, but I mean, I think there's a chance that the people will be up in arms. My friend's Italian and she's insane. Are, we, I, are we taping right now or no? Welcome to Pushing Through. It is Tuesday in Los Angeles, March 10th. It is Rick Rubin's birthday. Rick Rubin? His birthday today, March 10th. Pisces season. I'm a Pisces myself. My oh, birthday is uh, on Friday, March the 13th. I don't 13th. know anything about what's a what's a Pisces. What, uh, what Pisces I, uh, they used to say like uh, to me, but I didn't know anything about this either. I came to LA and I met a bunch of astrologists or people that claim that they know about signs and the stars and all these sort of things you know i was around scientologists astrologists uh the mormon i've been around quite a crew of people since right. i got to la but they told me that the pisces you know are very sensitive people they're very creative people march 13th there's some inside <laughs> info for you. okay and moving right along that's what it is you know what i mean you're supposed to be soft and sensitive uh, that's what they call it in the south but out here in la everyone loves that it's a rick rubin creative guy and uh yeah, you know I'm, I'm trying to get there one day myself bj but again we got uh crazy times that we're living in in the world right now and you uh, this weekend and myself this week, I was supposed to be in New York at the Big East tournament. We're not even supposed right. to be in the same room today, but instead we're still in rainy LA and we're sitting across from each other. So uh, I'll take that as a win. So great to see you today. It is rainy LA. That's we don't get to say that very often. So we're enjoying the rain today. We're in, we're enjoying it. It's good for our, it's good for our lawns. It's good for our. <laughs> Our all those things, you yeah. Know, all it's, those it's good. Old, we don't yeah, get yeah. we don't get much rain out here. Yeah, it's good. The rustic run, and uh, it's kind of weird because on a day that it's raining, most people don't go to the car wash. But you went to the Fox car wash today, and you went. Uh, if yes, people I out there, did. you like that? That was a nice little segue there. Uh, you went there on TV today, and we're talking yep. about NBA topics. You were slowly but surely becoming an authority at Fox on NBA topics. But you're talking about LeBron again, and how do you feel about that? Because that seems to be the topic every single day. It is a topic, you know, and um, what he was able, what, not he, what the Lakers were able to do <laughs> playing against uh, the Clippers. They yeah. play, they beat the Clippers on Sunday. They mm -hmm. beat the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday. Mm -hmm. And now everyone's making a big to do, right? This week about what the Lakers have done, in particular LeBron James. Um, you know, one thing I will say in listening to the interviews and watching the interviews, the post-game interviews with the Lakers and LeBron is the following. To all the Laker fans, never trust happiness. Right now, everyone is very happy about what's going on. Mm -hmm. We're making, oh, they made a statement and all those things. But to all of the people who've been through that process, you understand there are no highs, there are no lows. I think this weekend was a confidence builder for the Lakers mm -hmm. on many regards because this is the first time that they've actually beat those two teams. Mm -hmm. Think about what I'm saying here. They have the best record in the Western Conference, but this is the first time that they've beat the, the Milwaukee Bucks, and this is the first time they've had an opportunity to beat uh, the Clippers. So for the Lakers and their confidence, I thought these two games in particular were very important to them. And I want to give them credit for meeting that challenge. Now, what does that mean moving forward? What this means is that now we actually have a game. Mm 
mm-hmm. we actually have a team or a number of teams who feel that they can actually win the championship. Unlike in years past where we're all just kind of said the Warriors were going to win. Now the Clippers can make a case for why they think they're going to be the best team, the Milwaukee Bucks. And now the Lakers have thrown their name into the hat in which all of these teams now have a realistic chance to actually win a championship. So for me, as a purist, as a person who, you know, I love the game of basketball, just like yourself, you know what? We, we It's game on right now. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in a long time where I can say there are multiple teams out there who, who have a, a realistic chance to actually win the championship. Mm-hmm. And if you run down the list of guys, I mean, the, the big knock of the Lakers all year was that they were beating up on the bad teams, right? Well, I mean, they, that, they, but that's part of being a good team. Exactly. So give them credit for that, that they were beating and they were winning the games they were supposed to win. That's mm-hmm. the mark of a good team. So check that mark. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, the teams that you don't, that you don't want to be is you 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 play for the games you get up for and then team x comes in just because they don't have a good record you you fall asleep on that game so it defeats the purpose so i give the lakers i look i'm giving them credit for what they're doing this was a big weekend for them mm-hmm. did it convince me that they're the best team in the nba no but i am now saying okay they have a team they made adjustments and why is that important, making adjustments? When you lose a game mm-hmm. and you don't have any adjustments to make, that's a very that, – you feel defeated. You feel deflated as a, as, a, as a member of that team because now you just have to admit that the other team is better than you. But when you, if you lose a game and you feel that you can make some adjustments to correct those mistakes that were made, that's a, that's a good team. The Lakers were able to correct some things that they saw in the film. They clearly made those adjustments. And now – they won the game so I think that's that gives them the confidence that they need moving forward to saying we know we can play with them but now how do we have the ability or can we play with them in a seven game series that to me is the the, the million dollar question and a funny example of that of what you're saying I remember you told me a story one time that you know in the first game I think against the Lakers in the finals you guys lost the first game but you guys had a lot of confidence when you came to the locker room right. because Phil Jackson and everyone on the team was basically like bounce passes this is how we beat a long team we we're gonna beat them we're gonna make them go low and we're gonna make magic johnson instead of stealing all of our passes and jumping the passing lanes we're gonna make him reach down and get bounce passes and then that ended up setting the tone you made the adjustments and you win the series and those are the little finite things to look for in the same way that pat beverly after the game people you know were freaking out that he said there was no challenge but in his mind he's saying i knew what lebron was gonna do tonight he was able to do it (laughs) but next time i know what he wants to do and i'm gonna make sure he doesn't do it and that's the game of basketball that's the that is competition at its core well it is and look the Lakers should be happy that they won the game okay Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them all the credit but then let's go let's take a deep dive into what really happened in the game in my humble opinion I think Doc Rivers Doc Rivers is purposely not making any adjustments when he plays the Lakers okay so what does that really mean so three things happened in the game that really stood out to me one as the Lakers were running screen roll, mm-hmm. okay, clearly they were attacking. Uh, uh, what's the little guard? Uh, uh, not Pat Beverly, but um, Shamit. No, no, not Shamit. Uh, Lou Will. Oh yes. Okay, so they were running screen roll versus Lou Will. Mm-hmm. The entire game, the Clippers made no adjustments to that. <laughs> they could have. They could have screened it. They could have double teamed it. They could have 
said, let's go one man remove. Let's go two man remove. Let's, they could have done a number of different things to counter that one play with LeBron James mm-hmm. because LeBron James clearly wanted to get a, a switch so that they could do other things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Doc Rivers did nothing. Okay, <laughs> he did nothing. Did nothing. Two, the Lakers haven't done this all year. They put in the second half of the of the game, the last game versus the the Clippers, they didn't play Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. They went small. Okay, now why is that a big deal? Okay, that's a big deal because clearly the Clippers are doing something that they feel that they have to adjust their rotations. Mm-hmm. The Clippers <laughs> did not make one adjustment. Mm-hmm. They allowed Zubak to guard <laughs> Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. You and I are just sitting here doing a podcast, and we can make that adjustment and go. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't think that's a good matchup. Yeah, in that's favor. not a five on five. Right that's there, not right a. Yeah. That's not a matchup that we would normally have if we're talking about a must game, right? Mm-hmm. When 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 Anthony Davis slides over to the five, we're probably going to take Zubak out of the game and put Montrez, Montrez, or some other. Okay, mm-hmm. Doc Rivers did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he did nothing. He allowed Zubox to play against <laughs> Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis scores a couple of baskets. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three. We all know when we get to the playoffs, there will be no and ones at the basket. Because mm-hmm. LeBron James got multiple and ones. And not only did he get multiple and ones, there were countless times that the Clippers weren't sure on how to defend LeBron James. Okay. I can be okay with there's a mishap on say Danny Green. There's a mishap on Rondo because they're not priority one, two, or three. Mm-hmm. There's no misunderstanding what we're going to do against LeBron James. There's no misunderstanding on how we're going to defend LeBron James. Mm-hmm. How many times did LeBron James have, you know, the way they were going to guard him? They weren't sure what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So whatever was going on. We saw it in the, the game-winning play, right? That drive, the and one that LeBron has to finish. Kawhi comes over to help and then decides not to. Yeah. So, <laughs> to me, yeah. as I'm watching this game, Doc Rivers is doing nothing. He's not showing his hand. And that's why it was important for the Lakers to win this game. If the Lakers would have won, if the Clippers would have won this game, it would have completely deflated the Lakers mm-hmm. because the Lakers would have known that they have no chance to beat the Clippers. Because Doc Rivers did nothing. He did nothing. He didn't, and, and he did it on purpose. It was like, hey, we don't need to make any adjustments to beat you. We're yeah, better we're than you. Yeah. You know we're better than you, and we're going to beat you. We don't care what you do. And that was very, very important for, that was very important for the Lakers to win this game. And they deserve it. They should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so I want to say that it's not like they weren't trying, the Clippers weren't trying. It's that the Clippers were, they want to make sure that they let the Lakers know the game within the game, we're just better than you. And I and I got what, what they were doing then, and I get what Doc Rivers is doing now. Doc Rivers has a plethora of things and of changes he can make. He has done nothing. He hasn't shown his hand. He has he a menu of guys. He hasn't he hasn't given the he hasn't given the Lakers anything of this is how we think we can beat them. You know, something happened very interesting at the beginning of the game. Paul George started off unbelievable. Mm-hmm. 
he was hot. He was bringing the game. He was bringing the energy. And then suddenly in the second half, the guy gets one shot in the fourth quarter. So you mean to tell me that Doc Rivers, who, to, in my opinion, is one of the, <laughs> the the great coaches of all time, right? Mm-hmm. He This guy is sharp, sharp. He, he just suddenly forgot Paul George. He suddenly forgot in a, in a game that his two best players, he's going to bring both of them out at the same time mm-hmm. in a – so what's the chances on him in the playoffs not having one or maybe possibly all the staggering those guys. guys? Yeah. So again, Doc Rivers hasn't shown his hand. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers has made sure that his all he wants his team to do is to bring the energy, and then his team don't show just, their hand. We we already see what matchups they want. We know what they want. We Lou can, Will in the pick and roll. They want Lou Will. In We're the pick not going to let that happen in the playoffs. We know we can take those away. Mm-hmm. We know we can take away direct direct line principle for LeBron James just driving to the basket. We know we can step out and say mm-hmm. we're going to guard Avery Bradley. We know we can do all of the things. We know we can get the matchup that we want against Anthony. We're not saying we're going to stop Anthony Davis, but at least get the right matchup on him. Mm-hmm. So all of the things that I saw, which the Lakers, I must say that, the Exploded. Lakers did a great job. The Lakers mm-hmm. came out and played with a sense of urgency. That's what I really loved about with the Lakers. The Lakers came out to compete. Mm-hmm. They knew what was at hand, what was at hand then, just like they know now. So now, I think the players of the Clippers, they have to pay attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And now it's a game. But I don't. But the 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 thing that interests me most is like, I still don't know what Doc Rivers is going to do, because he hasn't shown what he's going to do. He hasn't given any indication of all of the things that you know is going to happen in a series. In a regular season, he's just asking his guys to come out, play hard, share the ball with one another, mm-hmm. and then we'll figure out the rest um, as we go along. And who's to say that Joe Kim Noah, I mean, I know he's signed on a 10-day deal, but who's to say that he wasn't brought in to be a guy there? They're like, we'll put him on Anthony Davis for four Maybe. or five plays just to rough him up, just to like throw a different so, variable. So now we know in their moments of need, mm-hmm. okay, now we know what the Lakers will do in their moments of need, mm-hmm. right? Okay, we call those need plays, right? Mm-hmm. So you're doing a scouting report. You go, what is the need play of the Lakers? Well, the need play of the Lakers is they're going to put Anthony Davis at the five. Mm-hmm. And the same way the Warriors would put Draymond at the five. Right. If we need, we, if we we need, need to score so, death lineup, let's exactly, go small. Exactly. Now we know that. Okay, so that's big. Okay, so you <laughs> know that. But what are the Clippers going to do in their need? We don't know. Mm-hmm. We we don't. <laughs> Doc Rivers felt so confident that he could take not one of his players, both of his players out. Okay, when I was watching the Lakers, they had LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the floor for the full forty-eight minutes, one or both. That's 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 a big difference. Where Doc Rivers said, "We're good. We're just going to stick with our rotations. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that our minutes are the same." Yeah. We're going to not just bring Kawhi out of the game or, or Paul George. We're going to bring him out together. Because we still feel we feel that confident in our bench. And we're like, yeah, Marcus Morris isn't making threes today, but he will at some point because the averages and the percentages even out. He feels so confident in his bench. He's like, ah, it doesn't really matter. We can yeah. still beat them. Yeah. This Reg, Reggie, get out there. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I saw, and I'm saying, but LeBron, mm-hmm. LeBron I'm, I'm giving him credit. Because LeBron is not trusting the happiness. I thought his remarks after the game were were dead on. Mm-hmm. I think LeBron James understands the task at hand. And 
I think now there's a game. Mm-hmm. Now there are three to four teams that have a realistic chance of winning the championship this year. And that's what I'm most excited about in watching the, the you know, the, as the season comes to a conclusion and as we enter into the playoffs. And, it, you know, it comes down to the fact that everyone wants to talk about the battle for L.A. and that battle for the Western Conference. But I wanted to bring up a team that we don't talk about very much, and that's the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I watched that game against the Celtics this weekend. And a guy that you really like off the bench, Schroeder, he comes in late yes. in this game and he makes – what we would call a basketball play, right? You know, right. Chris Paul basically gets Kimball Walker driving toward his own end line uh, right. late in this game. And then from the backside, Schroeder comes over, picks his pocket, gets the steal, lays it in. They end up, you know, playing good defense on Tatum. Chris Paul does, and Tatum misses a, what would be the game-winning shot late in that game. OKC wins. Chris Paul, after the game, this man's a 15-year vet, and he's, you know, basically saying this was one step closer to what we need to be as a team. And if you are, you know, the Thunder, and they're a six or a five or a four, or they're a tough out in the, in the in the playoffs because of what they have in Chris Paul. He is a savvy veteran who can, in a late game possession against the Celtics, a team that could win it, they locked down and got a big win on the road. Yeah, when you play against the, first of all, I wouldn't want to play against the Oklahoma City Thunder mm-hmm. because they don't have one ball handler, two ball handlers. They have three ball handlers who are excellent. Right, mm-hmm. this kid Shea Alexander, who I think is a superstar. Mm-hmm. I think that kid is a true superstar in this league at his position Chris Paul is Chris Paul right and this kid Schroeder now he's a star player in his role coming off the bench he's a starter but he comes off the bench and I don't think there are many players who can counter what he does so as the game turns up in the playoffs and 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 what I mean when it turns up everyone's going to apply the defensive pressure you can't apply the defensive pressure to this team they are going to be able to run their offense because they have three superior ball handlers on the floor at any given time. Mm-hmm. And right? sometimes uh, the, all of them are out there together. Because, yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. It's, at, it's any given time. So yeah, as yeah. you turn up your defense, right? So you let's say you take the ball out of Chris Paul's hand, then they'll just give it to Shea. You take it out of his <laughs> hand, then I'll just give it to Schroeder. You don't have three guys that can defend all of those guys at any given moment. So they're going to be able to execute on the offensive end. So mm-hmm. Billy Donovan knows that whatever play he draws up, he can run it for 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a huge advantage for any team. This team, if they're making shots, because the way they currently play, they can play full court and they can play in the half court. They have big enough bodies. Steven Adams, not many people are moving him around. Mm -hmm. All right? They can play full court. They're athletic and they have enough able bodies. Danilo, they they have veterans. So when I look at this team... That's a team that I really don't want to play mm-hmm. in the first round because I can't turn up the defense on them. And there's guys off the bench like a Terrence Ferguson, Ferguson you they, know, like a, he's a Will Barton type guy that have, can come in and have 20 points. They have enough athletes and they have multiple players mm-hmm. who can score 30 or more points at any given game. Absolutely. Right? They could. Gallinari Shea, is one of those guys. Shea and, and, and Gallo could win game one. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul and Schroeder could do game two. <laughs> yeah. Steven Adams. They passed the baton around. Yeah, they they can move around. So this is a team that in the playoffs Mm -hmm. could easily, easily come out of the first round, easily win in the second round with the right matchups, right? Mm -hmm. And they have enough experience. Chris Paul is experienced. He's battle-tested. He has enough experience. Gallo and these guys where they could, in the right matchup, could be a major problem for someone. And I and I really like this team. And 
the fact that they're able to do this in the Western Conference, right? They're playing against the best of the best. I think gives them a decided advantage, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they win their first, at least their first round matchup. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny how it works because Chris Paul. I mean, people had basically written him off as if he was going to be like in a Carmelo Anthony situation very soon, where he was out of the league and no one knew. And, and meanwhile, now the New York Knicks are saying he might be our franchise player. We want to get Chris right. Paul to New York. Right. So it's funny how you know easily that could flip, especially if you understand the game of basketball at such a high level, like a Chris Paul. And I think LeBron. One of the things that you know we talked about a lot of people that knock LeBron. One thing that I have to give him a compliment in 2012, LeBron would have bought into that happiness you know what I mean he would have right. maybe won that game and said we are here we we can you know you know say we are the best team in the NBA but that is not how he operates yeah, right. anymore because he is at that level and it's sort of like Tom Brady says you know as you get older you know more but you just can't do as much but you know yeah. exactly what you want to yes. do yeah and and look you know Le- LeBron what he's doing at 35 35 years of age I got to give him credit right Mm -hmm. for you to be able to play this well this far into your career you're 17 that's a that's an amazing accomplishment and that's something that you you know you got to applaud him on Mm -hmm. Um, but in saying that you still have to go out and do it right Mm -hmm. and youth that's why it's wasted on the young right these guys (laughs) will have the energy, right? You can be smart all you want to. You can have all the experience. You still have to go out there and do it. So, And even in the first round, I mean, if the Lakers are the one seed and they, they say the Grizzlies are the eight seed, they're playing a team of all no, 24-year-old kids at the at the most. And those and those kids will be coming with energy. And okay. they'll be coming to talk, like Dylan Brooks. Some of these guys, yeah. I mean, they have a chip on their shoulder, so that could be a tough first round just for the older, the elder statesmen because they're not going to deal with that attitude. Well, well they're not going to deal with it, but look. They may still sweep them, but it won't be as fun. You can you, when you have when you have great players and great talents, anything is possible, right? Mm-hmm. And this young kid, John ja Morant, is a great player. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't come into this league as a first year point guard and be able to manage the game and contribute to the bottom line and 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 win. The last time I've seen a young player play at that level, his name was Derrick Rose mm-hmm. at that position. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he took the Boston Celtics with three Hall of Famers to, to game seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what, that, 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 and that's, that, that's Ray Allen, that's Paul Pierce, KG. and KG, all right? And Derrick Rose and company took them to game seven mm-hmm. in the garden, mm-hmm. okay? John Morant is making a huge impact on winning games in year one in the Western Conference, and no one, no one, myself included, had them in, in this position right now. Mm-hmm. So this kid clearly is doing something that you have to recognize. No one's going to stop him from getting anywhere on the floor because that man is so fast, he runs off my television sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps off my television. Yeah, he bops around and hops He's, around. No one's going to stop mm-hmm. him from getting to wherever he wants to get to on the floor. I don't care what defense you put on. And him. that's what you talk about. If you drop a play Very for John fair, Moran fair. and he has the ball in his hand, John he Moran can make it happen. Is, whenever, whenever that play that Memphis coach is going to draw up, John Morant. He can deliver. He can deliver that. Okay, and I don't care what defense y'all running out there. Double team him, triple team him. Mm-hmm. He'll run around everything. He he is that good. You don't want to play against players like that. You have mm-hmm. to respect those type of players because now anything is possible. It's like a new ball game, right? Mm-hmm. He's Anyone can go out there and hit an open shot because John Morant is going to create havoc at that basket mm-hmm. or he's going to get an open shot for someone else. That's what a great player does. And he is that great player time and time again. So 
Um, I, 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 I don't want to see those type of guys. I want to face the guy where I know I can be. Right? You want to play the Kings. You want to play the guys that are maybe some veteran guys like yeah, a Harrison. Yeah, if you're LeBron James, you want Harrison Barnes guarding yeah, yeah. you. Well, you you want you want favorable <laughs> matchups. John Morant is not a favorable matchup. Mm-hmm. That's not a matchup that you want to see. And he's brash. Mm-hmm. He he I he mean, knows he, the stage. He know bright lights aren't too bright for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, this kid loves the bright lights. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he competes, and he brings other people to the party with him. I, he he has leadership. Mm-hmm. You know these type of players. You know we talk about environment and all those things. You know you hear people executives talk about it. Well, John Moran came down there and did it. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if anyone else saw what I what else. I don't know if you can plan something like that, or I don't know if you can just say, you know, this is how you do it. John Morant just did it. He just did it. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear anybody in the media saying this is what John Morant was going to do at the beginning of the season, season with Memphis, especially in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. So this young man here is a real talent. That kid, Jaron Jackson, is, you know, he's 6'11 or so. He's a, he could, he's a problem. Mm-hmm. They have young players like Josh Jackson and all these other players mm-hmm. that are, are around that are playing that well, are growing into them, growing into themselves, yep. and they're getting more and more confident. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just remember the Kimbe Mutombo laying on his back, waving his finger when they beat the Seattle. I think it was the Seattle SuperSonics. Mm-hmm. When you have a young player who can, who's a game changer, mm-hmm. anything is possible, especially when you get to the playoffs. So, John Morant. He is a major problem for years to come in this league, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see his his specialness, if you will, once the playoffs begin. And it is, uh, it's funny how the MVP and the Rookie of the Year conversation are the exact same conversation where John Moran and Giannis are the – that's the MVP and that is your Rookie of the Year yes. based on whatever right. – what that award has always been, yes. right? Those are the guys. But due to the media and the PR spin, since Zion has come back, he's been historic. Right. He has broken the record for 20-point games, you know, that Jordan had set as a rookie already in a row. So he, he's doing things that are in Jordan territory, so now he's getting the buzz. Charles Barkley said that if he wins Rookie of the Year, he's going to have a real problem with it because of how much he loves John Moran. Yeah, yeah, we should. You, yes. We should. You know, look, listen. John deserves it based on what the award is. Yeah, I, you know, I've been on all the shows this week and television shows mm-hmm. here, and there's a lot of chat, chatter, as it should. You know, I get it. LeBron, LeBron at his age, he should be in the, he should be in the conversation, as mm-hmm. he should be. But when you look at the numbers and you look at the best player on the best team in this league, it's Giannis. Mm -hmm. Giannis is the best player on the best team and his numbers support everything. Mm -hmm. Now, LeBron is having a phenomenal season. He really is. I mean, especially when you factor in, you know, last season where he's coming back, so forth and so on. The team is second best, you know, record in the league they're the best team in the western conference i get it but Mm -hmm. the best player is Giannis. (laughs) he's the best player Mm -hmm. does that mean he's gonna be the best player in the postseason hey that's another conversation but he's definitely the best player in the regular season and this kid john morant from from the first game to the 82nd game Mm. he is the best player lock it in you you, you get now, all this other stuff makes for great conversation, mm-hmm. great theater, great debates. <laughs> hey, I like Zion watching him play just like yeah, the He's next amazing. Man. He, yeah. Hey, a man that big jumping and moving. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
But when you talk about from start to finish, John Morant. Final basketball NBA note we have uh, before we uh, we move on here. I want to point out the Brooklyn Nets. Kenny Atkinson, he gets let go by the Nets. And, uh, you know, when you look yeah. at what that team was last yeah. year with Karis LeVert and D'Angelo Russell, and they had such a fun spirit. You know, they had a fun spirit about how they played the game of right. basketball. And in just a year, things changed, and then it came out. Apparently, the conversation between Shaw Marks and Kenny Atkinson was about how he didn't want to coach stars. He wants to coach some of the, you know, guys that are more, you know. I don't want to. Everyone else wants to coach stars. I don't want to coach the stars. So I kind of I find that fascinating. But we've talked about that. The, the stars of today, you know, are Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, guys that have come, John Morant's guys that have right. come from maybe not being the blue chip guys, but they have made them themselves into those superstars. And that's what Kenny Atkinson wants to coach. He says so. I, I find that a weird conversation and a fascinating conversation from a coaching perspective because they can't coach superstars at least that's what he's saying i can't actually coach these guys well you know when coaching superstars comes expectations right mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to speak for coach kenny for coach atkinson yeah, yeah. That, it's not even about his situation Just I, I don't i don't want to I don't, I don't like to speak but i will say this and you know one of the things you said as as I was listening to you ask the question was last year was a lot of fun there in Brooklyn. It was a lot of fun. I love that had team. Fun. Bench they mobbing. had they had the bench thing going on, and there was no expectations. And mm-hmm. when they made the playoffs, it was like, well, we're not supposed to be here, mm-hmm. and this is great, and we won a game. Oh, it's just even better. And <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so it was fun. With the star players comes expectations, mm-hmm. and. You know, I've been in both situations, and playing with expectations is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And coaching with expectations is not for everyone. But the one thing that was very odd about this maneuver, whether or however it came about, was the timing of it to me was They're very, a playoff team. They are a playoff team. As we speak here today, they are in the seventh. Yes, they're in this. You know, and they're they're in the seventh seed right now. They will play the Toronto Raptors, Raptors in the first round. In the first round. Coach has this team playing hard in meaningful games. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he's helped develop those players. I mean, I just saw the kid Levert. 50 points. Had a 50-point game. Okay, mm-hmm. you have Spencer Dinwiddie, who he was cut from this team and didn't play for this team. And all of a sudden, he's come there. He's found a home. Mm-hmm. You got the kid. Was it Joe? Uh, Harris. Joe Harris. Yep. From Virginia. Yep. He's come out of, you know, he's developed there. And, and Jared Allen is a guy that, you know, that they drafted Allen, him yeah, and they turned him into a superstar. So from afar, you're looking at things and you're going, the team is moving and heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. They're in the seventh seed right now. Make sure I get this right. With not one, but both of those players we were talking about um, aren't playing. Mm-hmm. And they're still in the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. So the – what makes this eye to me is it's 20 games left in the season or so. And if you want to make a move because the personalities don't fit, make that move once the season is over with. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I fully understand that, right? If you want to bring in, let's say, a, Ty, a Tyron Lou or a Larry Brown or someone mm-hmm. you, fit, you feel that will fit the personality of those players, I get it. Making this move now does what it makes it seem like it's a disaster and and the question is who did you replace him with jock vaughn okay so i it it just doesn't make sense to me because as you're building whatever it is you're building you have to include the entire team Mm -hmm. so the guys who are playing 
are doing their job, mm-hmm. right? You know, if I was a player and the top two guys weren't playing consistently, right? Well, one hasn't played all year and the other has played sparingly throughout and we're still in the playoff hunt, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Now, if we want to make a decision in the summertime after this year is over with that's going to help this new group, I get that. I, I, I'm just concerned about the internal leadership and what you're saying to the group. Mm-hmm. Because those kids who are going out there and playing night in and night out, they're playing their hearts out. When you watch the Brooklyn Nets play, you can't say they don't play hard. You can't say they're not prepared. And you can't say they haven't found a way to compete at the highest level, minus those two all-star players or all NBA players that aren't playing. It just didn't make sense to me. Now, I live in a league where I am comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the NBA is all about. If you're mm-hmm. not comfortable being uncomfortable, this isn't the business for you. Mm-hmm. But what I am uncomfortable with is what are we saying to the other 13 guys or mm-hmm. whatever other guys on the roster? Because as I look at them, what's wrong with the 7C for this group? That's reaching your potential. Isn't that, what, isn't that why we play? So what is the issue here and what are we saying moving mm-hmm. forward? Because those other guys, you know, are, are we saying those guys are underachieving? Are we saying those guys aren't good enough? Or are we saying we just generally don't no, care what they're doing? Because that's what it seems like. It seems like we're trying to play chess for, you know, 2021. The those, roster those guys are playing play. their hearts out. Mm-hmm. They're playing their hearts out. And I get it. I, listen, that's your prerogative. You can do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right in this league, but there's a way to do things. Right, I'm asking these players to be professional. Every single player that plays in the NBA, you're asking them to be professional. What are we saying right now? Because as far as I can tell, everyone that is playing, they were doing their job. Mm-hmm. He was doing his job. So what are we really saying here? Which I I really don't know. And I I've been you know I look I. I've been around for quite some time. I don't know what what you're saying, and and I don't even have a problem with if it was after the season and that was your choice, right? I don't have a problem with that. But with 20 games left, what's that all about? It's a very strange time to to make such a move, but it also became a whole media. There's all the speculation that goes behind yes. it, and then you have to deal with DeAndre Jordan. He gets replaced in the starting lineup for Jared Allen. I called him a superstar potentially. Midas got upset with me. He's like, he's not a superstar, well, but I yeah. like Jared Allen. I think he's a great player. Yeah, I think like, he could I, be listen, good. Jared Allen, is, Jared Allen is he's a, on the bench now, so DeAndre Jordan is starting. Yeah, over I mean, him, Jer- so listen, Jared Allen is a, is a player who who in this league you're always looking for rotational players, right? Mm-hmm. Jared Allen is a rotational player, and he's figured out how to play. You know, look. Had that big block on LeBron we all remember? that Maybe that's what's sticking in my well, mind. I don't know if the one play makes you <laughs> – Well, isn't that how the player. NBA works now? You just, like, get one play and then everyone remembers well, it forever. Is DeAndre Jordan That's how it works in, in, in your generation, yes. <laughs> For the rest of us, yes. you know, you got to do something, right? If Sebastian Telfair existed in 2013, he still is the best point guard in America yeah, right now, according to the internet. God, just like name. Seventh Woods. I, Everyone's I, I, still like Seventh Woods the best. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> Sebastian. He was – God, he was a he, he was, was cold. Oh man, he was. Uh, I remember him coming out. He had a lot of hype. He had a lot of hype behind him, and uh, he was a really good player. Actually, I, I like Sebastian. I remember in high school and and playing. Not to get sidetracked. No, here, I, I I want to also bring up uh, about your team. You said you've been around basketball for a long time, but you've never seen this. 
The Iowa Hawkeyes have the Big Ten Player of Ooh. the Year. Ooh. Luka say his Ga- name. Luka say Garza. Say, oh, who'd you say? Who? Luka Garza. Luka. <laughs> In a world where Luka tends to dominate the media cycle, and we obviously know why here on this program, but it's good for college basketball and good for the Iowa Hawkeyes to have a guy, Luka Garza. And it's good for the big men. You love the bigs, I and love, this is a big uh, that you must love. I, I love the bigs, and um, look. <laughs> Luca is a big man's big man, right? I mean, he's he's, old, he's like Luke Herringo. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like he's like an old school. Uh, he's like an old school big. Yeah, and, give you a little shimmy. Maybe not a. Sh- he doesn't really have the shake. That might take a little too much movement. I don't know what he gives you, but he gives you something, <laughs> and whatever he does, it works for him. Hard, but yeah, he he plays and and. Uh, and what an incredible year he's having. Right? Yeah, it's cool, right? For Iowa, they have yeah. – I mean, he's going to be a finalist for the Wooden Award. I mean, it's going to be Luke Kareem, Garza, He's He's a finalist for everything. I mean, this guy's putting up 20s like – Yeah, know, 20 and 10. And yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a double-double waiting to happen, right? And uh, – what, what can I say? You know, those those those. I couldn't Iowa. believe it was the first Iowa Hawkeye to win the Big Ten Player of the Year. I, I was shocked by that. A lot of talent in Iowa. Yeah, a lot of talent. But you know what? It's it's been a lot of great players that's come through the Big Ten, right? And uh, but give Luca credit, man. I, I that that kid has had an amazing, incredible, spectacular, whatever adjective you can put to it, right? He's he has really had an. Um, I, I'm just my hat goes off to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 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 I got you know I'm I got my fingers crossed <laughs> for them as far as the tournament what they're gonna do, but Luca, he's the, he's the big man he's the he's he's the big man that we're maybe it brings the game back to the NBA and the, and the good news is that if you're a draft guy you're probably just gonna draft him based on his name you know what I mean because the NBA is so unfa- like fascinated by the idea of a Luca that they may just right. say well we want this guy Luca Garza I don't know what he looks like what he plays like then when he shows up they'll have some real problems yeah like, no, wait a second he doesn't do step back three I think he's gonna be okay you know he he can shoot the three <laughs> he can ball shoot the three, he shoot the three. Yeah. he's he's adjusted his game but more importantly he plays hard right who who doesn't want a kid mm-hmm. who doesn't play hard he knows how to play and um, you know what Hats off to Luca. Let's let him have his moment. Right now, he's a Big Ten Player of the Year. The Big Ten tournament starting when this week? Yeah, this week. Yeah. Starting this week, and uh, before we know it, we'll be talking about the NBA draft. There you go. There you go. It is March Madness. We are in the final week of March. It's been 20 years since the Big Ten has won a national championship. I, I know that. I, I don't know how 20 much years. It, who? Since Michigan, who? the Flintstones. Oh, Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mateen Cleaves. That was the last time that they won a championship in the Big Ten. So, do you think this is the year? Michigan State, maybe another team in the Big Ten can win it, BJ? You know, <laughs> I'm not ready to say that. I'm not ready to say that. Uh, you know, I, I haven't watched. Normally, you know, something in college basketball catches my eye. It's right? been a rough year this year. It's been a rough It's like it hasn't caught my eye Last this year, year we had Zion. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, you know, you'll see things and you'll be like, oh, wow, that's – I'm gonna watch that, you uh-huh. know. Or I'm gonna, I'm, I'm. Oh, you, you know, you'll see a team. You go, oh mm-hmm. man, I like, you know, like I saw Virginia. I was like, God, that, that it's a fun well. team. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun team to watch play. You know, this year nothing has really caught my eye, mm-hmm. right? There's no Carson it, Edwards at Purdue. There, there's none of those guys. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> like nothing has like stood out to me. So I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I, I think it's going to be major upsets mm-hmm. um, in the tournament because. I don't. I don't really see a player that has really dominated. I don't see a team that has really dominated, and I don't see or multiple teams that have really just said you know they can make a deep run. I wouldn't be surprised if the 15th seed this mm-hmm. year made it to the Final Four. I, I think it's that type of year. 
I don't think there's, a, you know, there used to be the conferences with Big Ten, ACC, SEC. Mm-hmm. Look, Dayton. Dayton is one of the best teams in the country. Dayton's one. I mean, yeah, they're in the eighteen. Dayton could be one of those teams. It could be, you know, who knows? One of these Cinderella teams, you know, that just snuck into the tournament can make a run. Here's what I know: ten years ago was a very similar tournament. Butler made it to the championship game, but at the end of the day, college basketball always stays true to its core, which is blue blood sport. Duke's going to win the title. They're not a great team this year, but it's probably going to set itself up that way. So right. my fingers are crossed that doesn't happen, but I'm just going to say that out there right now just so I can make sure that put in the ether and hopefully it doesn't happen. So it seems like a Duke year at this point. That's my projection. No, I would say that, but I saw them lose to some FI. <laughs> I saw them lose this year to some yeah, team yeah, yeah. that just got a program like a year or two ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the name of the team. I, anything is possible. I, I I think Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Stephen. I yeah. was trying, even I forgot that was so long ago. Yeah, I I I was I happened to just be watching that game that yeah. night or something. I was flipping through the television. I was like, <laughs> who is this team? Right, like you know, you know. I thought it was Stephen A. Smith. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, this year, I'm going to go on record. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be. I think something's going to happen with the little. I think this is the Cinderella year. Mm-hmm. I think this is the year that the the one of these teams in 16 seed or 15 seed they're the ones who are going to win it all this year. <laughs> all I, right, I, that's what I'm going seed. to find your 15 seed. I'm ride with to, Belmont I, to the top. Baby. My 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 bracket is going 15. I'm going to whoever the 15 seed. That's where I'm going this year. And that's a lock. And <laughs> we'll, keep, we'll keep pushing through those 15 seeds out there. They'll keep finding their way. We will be back on Friday. This has been another edition of Pushing Through. BJ, if you're in water, keep making waves. We'll see you on Friday. <laughs>